0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, formation of flawless flashbulbs flaunting flavorful flair. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 91, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your Platoon planning for pleasures and plethora of plantains. I'm Colin. (laughs) I'm Dana.
2: And I'm Chris.
1: This is episode 91. We're on the road to episode 100. The long death march. (laughs) 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 We haven't really planned uh, what to do for our 100th episode yet. Uh, We're actually scheduling our recordings and planning some mini episodes so that the 100th episode of Good Job Brain will publish exactly on the day of our two-year anniversary oh, oh. yeah it just kind of fits huh, that nice. Way. Nice. happy uh, happy
3: accident uh, mm-hmm. what day is that
1: the first episode came out on march 4th 2012 oh. and we're hoping that our 100th episode will come out on the same date in 2014 all right oh, uh, cool. so uh folks if you have any ideas or suggestions about what we should do in our 100th episode let us know uh and furthermore we are inviting you, listeners, for a chance to be on the show. We want to get some audience participation for our 100th episode. So one idea I had is, like, maybe record your lovely voice using your computer or voice recorder or even just your voice memo function from your phone and you can tell us your favorite moments why you like good job brain or let us know how you listen to the show or who you listen to the show with and you can write songs or jingles or have your cats meow i don't know <laughs> uh we just want some like cool audio bits um so state your name and what city you're in and uh, you can email us the audio file Oh, neat.
2: Video files will not be honored. <laughs> <laughs> all audio files become the property of Good Job Brains. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. I have... I'm going to combine some Trivial Pursuit cards here, random from the box. You guys have your Barnyard there, There's buzzers. one with a the picture? There's one with a picture. Oh, okay. We're going to mash it up. All right. Here we go. Blue Wedge for g- Geography. French village, French castle, French prince. But who's the only major character in Disney's film, Beauty and the Beast, with a French accent?
2: (laughs) Dana.
1: It's the candlestick. What's his name? Lumiere. Yes. Lumiere, the candlestick, voiced (laughs) by...
3: Jerry Orbach. Yes. Jerry
1: Orbach from Law and Order. And also, who put Baby in the Corner? All right. (laughs) Pink Wedge, pop culture... What kind of vehicle does Travis Bickle drive?
2: Oh, Chris. (laughs) A taxi cab. Correct. A taximeter cabriolet.
1: (laughs) It is uh, Robert De Niro uh, plays Bickle, the title character in the film Taxi Driver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Yellow Wedge. Who pleaded for calm in Los Angeles on May 1st, 1992, asking, Can we (laughs) stop making it horrible for the older people and the kids?
3: I'm gonna Colin. guess. I'm gonna guess that's Rodney King.
1: Yes, Rodney Ugh. King. He said this right after. Can we all get along? Mm-hmm. All right, purple wedge. Whoa, Andy Warhol played himself on the 200th episode of what Aaron Spelling series? Interesting.
3: <laughs> Colin, uh,
1: the Love Boat. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh. The Love Boat says here Marion Ross played a housewife trying to hide her past as a Warhol superstar from her husband played by tom bosley
3: okay hmm. okay all
1: right green wedge uh for science the citrulline in watermelon can imitate the effects of what pharmaceutical
2: hmm really
1: citrulline citrulline,
2: citrulline and watermelon can imitate the effects of what pharmaceutical
3: pharmaceutical
1: the morning
2: after
3: pill
1: <laughs> incorrect if only
3: i i have uh, i have <laughs> no Aspen. no I, uh, I don't know like something anti-smoking patch or something what it is it?
1: viagra what? whoa uh-huh. it says uh-huh. here but you need to eat about six cups of watermelon hot summer nights <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow, Jeez. Uh, uh, Jeez. Wait, that's okay. six, six cups of watermelon. That's not, is that a lot. It's not that much. Is it? It's not six watermelons. You can make a, no, a
3: pretty six, normal size smoothie out of watermelon. six yeah, cups yeah, of watermelon. Yeah, 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 yeah. A good yeah, old yeah, yeah.
1: watermelon gotta, smoothie.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah, it's a lot of watermelon. You're gonna, be, you're gonna <laughs> your stomach's gonna be pretty full. Like <laughs> with that much watermelon.
2: Hey, honey, I'm going eat both these watermelons tonight.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might throw up on you.
3: Yeah, you have to stop and go pee every five seconds. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Well, that said. <laughs> Orange Wedge, last question. Uh, what grain must make up at least 51% of the fermented mash from which bourbon whiskey is made? Talked about this on the show. That yeah. is corn. Yes. Yeah. yes. All American corn. hmm there you go. Good job, Brains. Not bad. <laughs> I think everybody's still processing them. I'm wow. still thinking about it. i like, All right. We are approaching the new year, and here I have a top ten commonly broken New Year's resolution. Oh. Mm-hmm. I want to see if you can guess some of these. Okay. Yeah. There's five main ones. Lose
3: weight. Yeah, lose weight, yeah. work out more.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Stop smoking.
2: Stop smoking mm.
1: is one. Stop mm. drinking. Stop drinking is one. Stop dr- okay, mm-hmm. so,
2: so, so smoking, drinking, lose weight. Workout. Uh, save money.
1: Yes. Oh. Okay. One last right. one. Smoking,
2: drinking, lose weight, save all the things people don't do. Right, <laughs> smoking, right. Yeah. Stop smoking. So, hence, smoking, lose yeah, weight, this isn't the top
1: uh, <laughs> most common or popular. These are. Top 10 commonly broken. Broken, oh, right. right, right. And so. the last one is spend more time with family. I was oh, going oh, to say that. I oh, thought yeah. I yeah. thought it would be
2: too sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is I know. A sad. That's broken.
1: <laughs> um, definitely number one is lose weight and get fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of that, uh, today's episode, this week, we decided to talk about fitness and exercise, wacky stories, trivia, and quizzes about fitness, whether or not you want to have that as your New Year's resolution or not. Mm-hmm. We're not judging. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> (laughs) This is just fun trivia stuff, so this week, let's get physical!
3: Well, I'll start us off here with a quiz for you guys about oh. famous athletic Yay! brands. Okay. Uh, and I would say in particular, uh, athletic shoe manufacturers. Although oh. these days, if you're an athletic shoe brand, you make all sorts of clothing and equipment. I and call it fashion. Yes, it's true. It is a lifestyle. sneaker. Yeah, it life- lifestyle. lifestyle
1: sneaker. Right, right.
3: right. <laughs> all right. So uh, a lot of these will have to do with names, origins, okay. um, yes. symbols. Here we go. Let's all kick right. it off. That's my favorite. So I know that you guys know no, the Nike Corporation takes its name from the Greek goddess of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you guys know this. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Greeks actually pronounce it a little bit differently. The Greeks would say Nike. Nike. Yeah, Nike. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. yeah. Right. Yeah. And further, you probably even know that she was the goddess of victory. Victory, victory yeah. indeed. That's right. Winged, winged victory. Uh, winged oh, goddess of victory. She, she didn't she... have a head. <laughs> <That's> Wait, really? <laughs> no. Oh, the very famous statue <laughs> in the Louvre of the winged victory. Yeah, she right. does not have a head, unfortunately. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah. that is of, of Anike. Of that a Nike. Is, that yeah. is her. That is, yes. that is her. Yep. Uh, okay. yep. Yes. As you guys know, oh. the gods and goddesses have Greek and Roman equivalents. So tell me who oh. who oh. is the Roman equivalent of is it a, is it this, a common name? A, it is a common name today. It is a common girl's name, oh, even today. We took
2: a real circuitous oh. path to that question. Interesting. Yeah. The Roman goddess uh, of victory. This and it's is a common good girl's trivia name today. No,
3: common girl's name today. I'll give wow. you a little hint. Okay. It's, it's directly related to her sphere of influence. Karen. Victoria. Victoria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yes. Cool. Victoria, the Roman goddess of victory. Huh.
1: Man, we, we did take a circuitous path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to ask, What was the original name of Nike's company?
3: What was it? What was it?
1: Blue Ribbon Sports. Oh, Oh, right. Oh, okay. I think I've heard that
2: before. That's
3: not as good. (laughs) Who, what, or where (laughs) is Reebok? Named after
1: Oh my god
3: I know. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it
4: It's an animal, right? It
3: is an animal Yes Like a, yes. Uh, like a, like deer, a springbok. A, like a It is, yeah. It is an antelope. antelope Yes, in fact Yes, yeah. it, and Reebok Springbok Yes, similar name Antelope,
4: names. not antler yeah, yeah. I was like <laughs> spelling it in my mind Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> a, uh, a gray Reebok uh, Or rebuck Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, Spelled uh, Is a type of antelope the, the Reebok that we're talking about We spell it in English R-H-E-B-O-K So the R-E-E-B-O-K Was not some sort of Intentionally stylized, you know, so they could copyright it or trademark it or anything like that. The company that we call Reebok was founded a long time ago. It was J.W. Foster & Sons Shoe Company, Mm -hmm. going back to 1895.
1: From from where? In
3: England. Uh Uh, The the Reebok name didn't come along until uh, the late 50s, early 60s. They changed their athletic apparel line to Reebok. At that time, J.W. Foster's grandsons were running the company. They chose the name out of a dictionary. Uh And they kind of liked the sound, thought it sort of fit well for athletic shoes. But here's the fun part, it was a South African edition of the dictionary, Uh. and R-E-E-B-O-K is how you spell Reebok in Afrikaans, Afrikaans. that's Uh. right, Uh. and so they just took it from there, and hence Wow. Reebok. Uh, the, the lore also goes, I guess, that the dictionary was won in a race by one of the grandsons, so it had uh, also so the extra connotation of being won in a in a foot race. This uh, is a winning dictionary, yeah. right? Yeah. What a weird what, prize. to give out. prize. Yeah, yeah. it sounds a, a little too pat to me. I have yeah. to say. Here's your I South African medal. dictionary. Yep. I don't yeah. want a book. Here's your dictionary nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the historical connection between the Adidas? And the Puma shoe Company yes.
1: Ooh, Karen wow. they are founded by rival brothers they are indeed
3: yeah. founded by rival brothers huh. yes, brothers
1: who hated
3: each, each other. other yeah this really? is just a Bitter, this rivalry consumed not just the brothers, but their wives, their families. It ended up, I mean, even consuming the town to an extent. When did Uh, it start? Well, so they started, the (laughs) Dossler brothers, let's back up here. The Dossler brothers, Adolf Dossler and Rudolf Dossler, Uh uh, started a shoe company. They even had
2: cutesy matching names.
3: in Germany in the 1920s. And it was going pretty well, but they just, the rifts between them started to grow. Mm -hmm. And after World War II, they ended up splitting, essentially, into two rival companies. And so Adolf Dossler founded
1: Adidas. Adidas.
3: Mm-hmm. His uh-huh. nickname was Adi for Adolf. Adi Dossler. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's where Adidas comes from. It's a portmanteau of his name. Whoa. Uh-huh. Adi Dossler, okay. Adidas. Rudolph founded, we call it Puma now. When he founded it, he called it Ruda from uh, Rudolf
2: wow,
4: Dossler. Wow. yeah, I think so someone convinced
3: him maybe that Puma was a little bit more marketable. Rudolf. Yeah. So Rudolf. Adidas and Puma, yes, uh, and were fierce rivals uh, marketing soccer shoes. The story goes that Adidas really became the one that took off the most, partly due to an argument that Rudolf had with the head coach of the German national Uh-oh. soccer team. Uh-oh. So the story goes that he had some argument with the coach of the team and Adidas, uh, Adi's company, eventually ended up... Getting the contract to supply the West German team. In 1954, they ended up winning the World Cup. I mean, like as oh, underdogs. Yeah. And just from there, they're like, great. All right. You won the World Cup wearing Adidas. And all of a sudden, boom, yeah. just took off from there. Huh. It's funny. So he's just in a fight with his brother. He's in a fight with the German <laughs> coach guy. And if
4: everybody in the world's a jerk, I yep, don't know. Yeah. Yep.
3: The two companies are
1: still successful. I they know. are
3: still successful today. It did take Puma a long time to kind of catch up to the level of where Adidas is. All right. We'll close it out here with mm-hmm. uh, a good trivia slash story question for you guys. I don't know. So for a lot of people, I can definitely say for myself, the absolute, just most iconic athletic shoe is-
1: All-stars. The Converse Chuck All-star, Taylor's.
3: the Chuck right. Taylors. Yeah, I yeah, mean- Visually. Visually, yeah. yeah right. If you're an artist or, you know, you need yeah. to just convey athletic shoe. It's yep. just, yep, that classic high top shape, the, the yep. rubber toe cap, mm-hmm. the little- yeah.
1: Circle. Circle
3: with the star on the, on the inner ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just classic, bona fide classic.
1: Do you know they used to wear those, like, actual athletic... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like
2: I, it's like, it's not really good for you, right? Because no. they have no
3: support whatsoever.
2: No, but
1: that was, like, the athletic show yeah. of the, the old days. Who was
3: Chuck Taylor? Karen, wow. quickly.
1: Chuck Taylor was actually a basketball player, and he he was professional. And he, I think, was a consultant for the Converse company, was naturally a really good salesman. And started kind of evangelizing the sport of basketball and the shoe. Yeah, to mm-hmm. help develop. Right? Yeah, you—that's that is that is all correct.
3: And and the only part—these questions are within the, my wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> you were just on it with the shoes. No, all of that is correct. And then the only other bit to add is he was indeed a professional basketball player. It was non-traditional in a sense of today. You know, we think of Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or sponsoring James, shoes yeah. coming from professional. He became a professional basketball player, playing for a Converse created. Converse sponsored kind oh. of barnstorming style team. Hmm. So this is so interesting to me. Uh the, the Converse All-Star was introduced in 1917. So it, it's an old shoe. And this was basically their way of getting into the basketball market. Like up until that time, you know, Spaulding had been making basketball athletic shoes, you know, without a lot of serious competition. They make balls, right? And Converse started making their All-Star shoes. At the time, Chuck Taylor was in high school, a oh. high school player. Mm. He started wearing them, loved them. He was in Indiana and uh uh, people in indiana take their mm. basketball very seriously mm. he went to the converse company oh, yeah. in 1921 basically saying i want a job helping to sell your shoes huh. and they they just they loved his moxies so much <laughs> that they're like all right kid we'll we will we will create a position for you as our leading evangelist so they you
1: cannot do that today <laughs> yeah uh, just show up at the company <laughs> and be escorted right. out by security <laughs> <Yeah>. like, hey <laughs> nike
3: <laughs> i love your shoes give me a job give me a job <laughs> no so but he would travel the country, putting on basketball clinics and and literally selling shoes out of his car. Mm. Nice. Uh, he wasn't on commission; he didn't have a salary. Uh, but he loved the game, wanted to grow the game, was just a passionate teacher. Hmm. Uh, he actually made the suggestion of putting that patch on the ankle. Yep. That was his <laughs> idea, and it was originally supposed to be protective. Yeah, it it's was,
1: like strengthening. It <laughs> would protect right.
3: that. Yeah, but you know, these days yeah. I think it's just screen printed on. Yeah. It's not even a real patch oh, anymore. Right, right, right. So yeah, Chuck Taylor. Absolute <laughs> solid legend in the world of basketball.
1: I read his biography. Um, lo- lo- lots of people talking about how, yes, he was very good at his job, but he also liked to spend a lot of company's money. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've heard that yeah. as well. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I read like, that as well. A lot of expenses and stuff.
2: Well, he wanted that job for a reason.
1: Yeah, no, yep. that's true. Well,
2: speaking of a fitness product evangelist, let me ask you this. For people roughly our age, when you hear the name Jack Lane. What is the first thing that, that pops into your head? Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. For, uh, for me, old.
3: old man doing aerobics. Old man doing aerobics. <laughs> and, for, uh, juicer. Juicers. That's what uh.
2: I was going to say. For me, it's like my first, the first time I ever saw Jack Lane, and really the only experience I ever had with, you know, with him was turning on an infomercial when I was a kid and watching him sell the juice tiger on amazing discoveries, Uh-oh. you know, that, that show that, feigned pretense of being like a news magazine show but it was <laughs> yeah. just infomercials the guy was always british <laughs> wow yeah that's amazing <laughs> um you know and uh, so jack Belain would be on there selling uh the tiger, the the juice tiger, the juice, which 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 was later recalled because parts of it would go flying and kill people. But oh um, like a
3: like a real tiger, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they didn't, oh, you yeah. never know when
2: it's going to maul you. Yeah, yeah. They didn't call it the juice kitten. Yeah, um, no. But then but then Jack Lalanne's power juicer, which uh, significantly fewer injuries, is now uh, <laughs> is now uh, still on the market today. Okay. So I did not really know that much about Jack Lalanne, but he is the he is the Founder of the fitness movement. If you, if you like go to the gym after work, you do that because Jack Lalane put that idea in your head many years <laughs> ago. So here are some trivia about Jack Lalane, godfather of fitness. Henri Francois Lalane is his actual, uh, oh.
3: his actual name.
2: Yep. La la. His brothers, his brothers for some reason nicknamed him Jack when he was a kid. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he was born in 1914 here in San Francisco oh. to, uh, French immigrants, obviously. As, as a teenager, he kind of started getting interested in health and the body and exercise and stuff like that. And when he was 21, he opened up what he says is, and what seems to be basically the first modern health club like what we would call a the you know the gym now there had been like gymnasiums you know Mm -hmm. all over the place in europe and whatever and gymnasium by the way is greek for
3: body uh, nude exercising
2: (laughs) it all it means is a place to be naked Mm. that is what gymnasium Uh. means gymnophobia (laughs) gymnophobia is the fear of being naked gymno Uh. is just nudity because they exercise so, naked. So there's no, as far as I can tell, there is no exercise or anything like that that's in the word gymnasium. It just means like, naked, naked place. Naked place. Yep. So, you know, so kids uh, go to your high school gym, yeah. take all yeah. their clothes yeah. off yeah. and run <laughs> around <laughs> and they can't do anything because that's Good what, job, it's, what it is. It's the yeah. naked yeah. place. On the podcast, I heard that was okay. Yeah. Um, so like, you could go to the YMCA at this time. This is in the 30s in America and you could, you know, they had weights you could lift weights if you wanted to but like, there was no sense of like, as a regular thing, exercise daily just to maintain a state of health and fitness. Like you, you did that if you were like an athlete or a, a bodybuilder participating in bodybuilding, yeah. right? Yeah, right. yeah. Basically, yeah. Lalee had this vision of you'd go there after work or in the morning or whatever, and you'd have a personal trainer who, at that time, was Jack Lalee, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and fitness goals and all that. He had a juice bar in there. This is in wow. this is in 1936 uh, in Oakland, California, downtown yeah. Oakland. Had a uh, health food restaurant, you know, downstairs, and he opened it up, and nobody went there. <laughs> nobody
1: went ahead there. Ahead of
2: his uh, time. <laughs> there was no movement. Super ahead of his time. He was the person who you know made it this way in the first place and nobody went in and he he ends up he uh he gave massages for a while because he was trained he went to school for chiropractic (laughs) chiropractic
1: yeah
2: chiropractic (laughs) Chiropractic medicine. He went to school for that. So he gave massages. He gave massages uh, to Trader Vic. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> he the yeah, yeah. Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland. The <laughs> of the Tiki Bar. Yeah, yeah. Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Oakland. The Mike Pie. Yeah, Vic Bergeron. Yep. So he'd give him uh, massages, and, and that's how he was making money. And he was just trying to convince people to come in. And he is he the way, this is the way that Jack Lane did it. He went and he had a presentation at a high school. Now, at this point, people kind of knew who he was, like in Oakland, because, like, you know, he was, A, he was, he was. He was Pretty ripped, um, yeah. <laughs> which at the time people didn't really get that ripped. Uh, you know, he yeah. had been like a high school athlete, and he had been, you know, he had done like bodybuilding kind of stuff. So he went and he did a presentation on like health and fitness and everything. Also, at, uh, I can I can imagine
3: that just seeing his energy at age eighty, I can imagine what he was like at when he was age, twenty-one yeah. when <laughs> yeah. he opened
2: this health club. He was super yeah. young. Went to a local high school, did a presentation about fitness, and all the kids just made fun of him because <laughs> yeah. they they knew that he did not. At this point, he didn't eat much meat almost at all Mm. he didn't eat bread he was just eating meat and vegetables and very little meat he didn't drink coca-cola nectar of the gods. You were a weirdo <laughs> in 1936 if you didn't do those things. There was no sense of like why you wouldn't put that in your body. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's all delicious, you know. Um, and they were make- making fun of him. They were teasing him like, they were asking him to comb his hair because of this belief that, <laughs> that if you got big and muscly, you, you would lose the flexibility of being able to like mm. reach your hand over your head. <laughs> like that stereotype you see in the cartoons yeah. of the big muscle guy walking down the street and can't move. That's <laughs> (laughs) what they thought it was like (laughs) if you had big muscles and they thought that like that's what they were going to become so but he so the kids all make fun of him and he's like you know what forget it he goes up he says i go up to the fattest kids in this high school and the skinniest kids in this high school little scrawny kids and he gets their home address from them and he goes to their homes in the evening (laughs) and he talks to their parents and he says to the parents I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have your kid. He's gonna lose, you know, 20 yeah. pounds in the first three weeks, or I'm gonna give you double your money back. And he goes to the skinny kids. I'm gonna put muscle on your kids. Yeah. So he has the parents mm. sign the high school kids up for his fitness center, and that's how he got the bodies in the door. And Whoa, then body shame. And then in his telling,
1: <laughs> he's aggressive. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I
2: mean, he had to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. But then they start seeing results. Then he says then the parents, parents started start calling me. Uh. and the parents he said they were just like "Now don't tell anybody I'm coming in mm. like can you slot me in in the morning and don't tell anybody because it was d- doctors were telling their patients do not go to this this thing that Jack LeLane is doing because if you lift weights you are going to get hemorrhoids, and <laughs> you are going to have lowered sex drive, and um, you are going to give yourself what? you're going to give yourself a heart attack lifting all those weights. I imagine the That's doctor smoking while, smoking yeah. while yeah. Yeah. This advice. Yeah, Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what did they do when they got there? Well, they had all the the equipment machines, like the leg extension machines and the weight selectors, because Jack Lane invented those.
4: Wow! Jack
2: Lane invented those machines, and he worked with blacksmiths and machinists and had them custom build wow. those machines. Wow. wow. Yep. A lot of the stuff that's still in use today, he just invented it.
1: That's so weird yeah. that at some point in time, like, there's no concept of no concept
2: of exercising for everybody as something you should do to live a better life to
3: maintain as you said to maintain fitness yeah Mm -hmm. it's
2: like you're either an athlete competing in a sport or you don't exercise yeah (laughs) so we so we operate this gym for 15 years or so gets very popular next big thing is tv show the jack LaLanne show um, which was started out local to the San Francisco market, went uh, national a few years later. Um, he did exercise routines at home and tried to just get everybody to exercise along with him. He wore, uh, ballet slippers. Because, Mm -hmm. because sneakers were not a thing at this point. Like, Uh you know, as we kind of know after, you know, listening to to Colin here, nobody just wore sneakers around the house or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. he wore ballet slippers on TV. Once it went national, they actually, they brought a dog onto the show. Originally it was like his (laughs) dog and then they brought in another dog. And they, and this is great for, for good job brain listeners. You guys will love this. He had a contest to name the dog. <laughs> oh. And the winning entry that was submitted by a viewer, he named the dog Walter, <laughs> which is short for we all love to exercise regularly. <laughs> Yes. And so, um, and so, yeah, I mean, he basically was just at that point, you know, just a national sort of name and, and would, you know, sell all kinds of exercise related products. If you name it, if it's related to health and fitness, he put his name on it. You know, he was, he was a pitch man. Yeah. He was great at at being a salesman. As he got older, you probably heard about these things too. He would start to do like crazy feats, like news making feats. 1954, when he was 40. He swam the length of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge underwater hmm. with oh. with air tanks, mm-hmm. like not holding his breath, yeah. but with like 140 pounds of equipment on him. 1974, when he turned 60, uh, he swam from Alcatraz to Fisherman's Wharf. Wow. <laughs> Which is the thing they say you're not supposed to be able to do, like why people sharks. can't break out.
4: Sure. Well, that's probably reason. other reasons. But
2: it's, <laughs> it's fun. Um, it's really fun. But, uh, but he was also a handcuffed, shackled, and towing a thousand pound boat.
3: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, as yes. he's, yes. as he was how do you swimming. Swim? Wow. Like, Just like doing like a you do, dog, you dog paddle.
2: His hands were together and his oh, legs wow. were together. Yep. Wow. Um, 1984, <laughs> at the age of 70, he was, Handcuffed, shackled, and fighting—this str- is directly off of his website. So you know you can. Yeah, sure, a <laughs>
1: little bit. Yeah, of flare.
2: Yeah, and fighting strong winds and currents, he towed seventy boats with seventy people from the Queensway Bridge in the Long Beach Harbor to the Queen Mary, one and a half miles. <laughs> so he was hooked up to seventy boats I and can't towed, even towed see them, like, them and all. He was
4: seventy years old. He was
2: seventy it's so f- years old.
4: <laughs> it's like let's take this old man and throw him in the water. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: they can't, they can't he He's dragging the boats. Yeah. Whoa, he's dragging the boats. Uh-oh. Oh,
3: crap. Yes. Yeah, th- this is the Jack Elaine that I remember from my childhood. Is like the, the the TV show, I I guess, was still running and mm-hmm. him just doing these crazy feats of strength. Yeah. Old man, old man doing strength stuff.
4: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So I have a quiz for you guys. It's about celebrity endorsements for fitness products. Okay. And these are celebrities that you probably, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're they're products also that you know. And all of them, let's say, they they don't really work. That's (laughs) the the thing with them. Like they work-ish. Like ish. Uh we'll kick it off with a product that was recently proven not to help wearers exercise more intensely, burn more calories, or improve muscle strength and tone. These are uh oh. shape up shoes. No yeah. oh, sketchers. Yes, yeah. Skechers. Which reality star endorsed Skechers? Who is the spokesperson?
1: <laughs> it is Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Oh, Along with many other like yeah. ah, there was Brooke that- Burke. Was one?
3: I think. I think. Weirdly, a... Joe Montana yes. also. That was endorsed my. These. That was my
4: follow-up question. Oh, Which oh. Hall of Fame quarterback also endorsed <laughs> Skechers? And did they? Uh, did they,
2: they? don't do anything though. No. Not,
3: no. Oh. Those were the ones with the weird rounded bottoms.
2: Yeah. So You right? constantly have to be balancing yourself when but, you're on them. But not really. really? Oh, no. okay. <laughs> yeah. It
1: feels like you're walking on sand. Uh-huh. So it feels oh, like yeah. oh, I'm working my legs more by yeah. doing it might be negligible oh, yeah, okay. but no, it's also not. it's like a lot of people who had these shoes are like oh i should walk more now that i have these special shoes uh, and this is like going to the gym yes yeah.
4: no it's not Kim kardashian also endorsed which weight loss supplement and i'll give you a selection <laughs> oh, that's I uh xantax quick trim or hydroxy cut mm. X-lax. no Wait. i think it's quick trim quick trim yeah mm. yes. Here's a softball for you guys. Uh, which celebrity endorsed the Thighmaster? Call. Suzanne
3: Summers. Summers. Suzanne uh,
4: so the the Thighmaster was developed by Joshua Reynolds, who was the mastermind behind what fad of the '70s and '80s?
2: Oh. Paul. Pet Rock.
4: Very close.
2: Oh. Is she a Pet. No.
3: Hmm. I was gonna guess Pet Rock it's the mood ring
1: oh <laughs> see that makes me doubt the legitimacy of the thigh master Brought yeah. to you by the guy who made the mood ring. Oh, it's like, I, it's okay. like
4: it works ish yeah the, <laughs> just the way a mood ring works ish mm-hmm. yeah. like i like it, that he yeah.
3: chose suzanne somers also big in the 70s <laughs> uh-huh.
4: <laughs> she's fit
3: though she hey yeah. right indubitably
4: uh this reality star endorsed dr siegel's cookie diet where you have one meal and six cookies a day, so it does work if you're mm-hmm. just uh, eating one meal and six uh, cookies a well, day. Well, yeah, sure, but these are like cookies
1: loaded with fiber. Uh-huh.
3: Like oh super yeah, fiber, so you put oh, them. They're poop cookies, yes, okay. <laughs> They're poop cookies. Oh, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, the the poop cookie diet. Sure. I, I've only seen these ads for the cookie diet on like Sky Mall. Right? Oh, okay. You know, like I've never really seen it you, advertised.
4: I'll give you a hint: this this celebrity lost a lot of weight after she had her baby. <laughs> Oh, oh. um uh, um uh, uh know, Marie I... Osmond? No. Mm-hmm. No, she she had her baby like 30 years ago. Well, I don't know <laughs> like, when I don't know okay, this okay, thing. Kate so. Goslin. No. Oh, that we was did. good. It's uh Snooki. Snooky. Oh, Snooky.
2: Oh, oh. oh. Okay. Snooky <laughs> cookies. Snooky had the cookies.
3: Yeah. Oh man. Uh, All right. uh, you know what? I I would buy poop cookie before I would buy Snooky cookie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: This conservative talk show host stars in an infomercial promoting the ProForm Ab Glider. It's a swinging, swiveling contraption that promises to burn twice the calories of other similar machines. But personal trainers say you're not going to get an eight-pack, a six-pack, a
3: four-pack, a three-pack. You're not going to get
2: mm. toned using this. Not even a three-pack. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I can't imagine, like, Bill O'Reilly or Rush Limbaugh doing anything no. fitness-related. It's, oh, it's oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Is it Ted Nugent? No. I don't oh, know. What,
4: what
2: is it? It's, a, it's a, a radio... It's a
4: conservative talk conservative show
2: host. Talk. It, conservative talk show host.
4: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a woman. And...
2: It, conser- who has a conservative... No. Is it Laura Ingram? Who is no. a conservative? Sarah Palin. No no, no. 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 conservative
3: talk It's
4: Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh. Yeah. oh that's right. Okay. That Because she's... Uh, that's
3: right. Yes. She's not on The View anymore.
4: Mm-hmm. But she has her own show on Fox. That's right. Yeah. Uh, of course. Um,
2: reality star and conservative talk show Yeah, that's yeah. true. She was
1: Survivor 1st Yep, right. That was,
2: that was her, her claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. Did she
1: win Survivor?
2: Oh she did. Did she win Survivor? I thought she, she was, was
3: runner-up that year. I think she year. might have been runner-up. Yeah. Not, I'm not positive. I don't know.
4: Okay. To date, he has his own abs workout DVD, a line of GNC chewable supplements, and reportedly scored $400,000 to endorse the protein-infused Devotion Vodka.
3: This is a reality <laughs> star. Uh, vodka. Yeah, there's a, that's a good way to do it. Okay, vodka. Is it uh the situation? Yes. No. Hey, <laughs> it's situation. There you go. I'm like yeah. vodka and abs
1: oh,
2: uh-huh. situation. Yes. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah.
3: I
1: like protein protein in. infused vodka. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it only has like two grams of protein oh, in it.
1: It's not like an egg.
3: It's oh, so it's, it's, not pr- it's not a fitness, it's not a fitness vodka. vodka. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that's other mark. <laughs> it's
4: a fitness vodka. This actress is the spokesperson for Trop 15, Tropicana's reduced sugar and calorie line of juices. In her best known role, she played a character who tried bizarre crash diets like the Japanese porn star diet, <laughs> which involves eating only paper. <laughs>
1: Karen. Jane Krakowski yes. from 30 Rock. Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah. As Jenna Maroney eating only paper to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, this reality star launched a line of skinny girl branded supplements, margaritas, and shapewear. Karen.
1: Bethany, forgot what's her last name, but she was from Real Housewives of New York. Yes. Frankel. Uh, Bethany Frankel. Bethany Frankel. Oh,
4: man. Those are everywhere. (laughs) A lot of
1: reality stars. Yeah. (laughs) This quiz. Good job, you Karen,
2: I think you suggested this topic so you could get all the questions right.
1: No, Colin suggested this (laughs) topic. Oh,
2: okay. You subliminally planted it in his head by whispering while he sleeps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or that.
4: Colin's our sports guy, but Karen's our fitness girl. That's right.
1: That's right. That's fitness right.
3: Fitness whiz. Fit <laughs> with. Fit whiz? Fit with. <laughs> <fit> Witness.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, my turn. And. Mm-hmm. I have a story. my My point is not to gross anybody out. Mm-hmm. Like there is science behind it, uh-huh. but I just yeah. want to give you that disclaimer. That but I'm, you're gonna not, do it anyway. I'm but, not. I'm but not, the-
4: You were attracted to it because it was gross.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 No. I know you. Yeah. 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 So earlier <laughs> this year, in 2013, I ran a race called the Golden Gate Relay, and it's 200 miles across 36 different cities, and it's a relay race. What you're supposed to do is you have a team of people, <laughs> uh-huh. and then you, and I was on a team, and then you run different legs or different assigned distances, mm-hmm. and it's all day, all night. Um, mm-hmm. you can take turns sleeping when you're not running in the car, but. Your uh, team is always running. Your team is always running. Mm-hmm. Uh, most teams have 12 people. We had seven, oh. which meant we had to do double duty, uh. and we had to run More per person to cut, you know, to try to cover those 200 miles. I think it was maybe during my second leg, my second distance I had to run. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was like in the rural kind of uh, areas of of through Napa. It was 94 degrees outside. It was Mm. super hot. And I realized that I had uh, my my female monthly gift hit me. Oh, and, the story. It, and it hit <laughs> And it hit me hard.
2: Oh no. And uh.
1: The thing is, with these races, with a lot of endurance sports, uh-huh, uh-huh. you you can't really do anything about it. Like, I mean, I'm uh, well.
4: So, you choose not to do anything about well, it. I, uh, I, it's I was in the
1: middle of nowhere. Like, there's no there's no aid stop. If I were to stop, like, okay, I can there's stop, but grass. then what? I don't know. <laughs> like, I get um, MacGyver. Uh, with <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna figure this out. Right. Now. Right,
2: right. I had <laughs> twigs and mud.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had what six is... miles to go. Oh no. There. I did it. I ran the, the, the whole way. And then- you go, girl. <laughs> Keep in mind, my teammates were all dudes. So... Ah! When I when I had to, you know, stop at the the, the exchange point where I gave them the their, their relay thing. Right, yeah, 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 All the guys were like, oh, I was like, it's not a big I, I deal. It's okay. a <laughs> <door>. so, <laughs> I took him out. It's fine. And I was so, I mean, this is really traumatic. I was really embarrassed. It's Gosh, so embarrassing. It's,
2: it's okay.
1: I was like, I was mortified. I was completely mortified. Yeah. But, like, what could I do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. I, I it, yeah. it's not, If I had to pee, I can stop and just go pee. Yeah. Like yeah. this, I could not really right. control no. or right. do anything. So I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the most embarrassing moment of the trip, of the whole mm-hmm. race. It's mm-hmm. like me dripping blood everywhere. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> oh. the worst most embarrassing moment because the next person
2: All you have to do is to be this the second most <laughs> embarrassing
1: and, story. And no don't forget, will, about yeah, don't yeah. forget about it. Don't forget about it. So it was my teammates turn to run. And I think this was a couple miles in. He had eight miles to go. It's also under heat. It was during the daytime. Um he uh I mean, pooped his pants. I was gonna say there's
2: only one thing uh, he could right really. Do. He yeah.
1: accidentally, or or what, however it happened, he pooped it his ob- pants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you, Wait, yeah, it's, know, like, you know, it accidentally kind of or not been accidentally right. well, yeah. right. So so he <laughs> pooped his pants and he ran like that for the rest of the way and he had to change and good thing we had you know extra shorts or whatever Uh but i was like good no one's gonna remember my story every just everybody just remembers the guy who pooped his pants anyways is that true so okay (laughs) this in a lot of either triathlons cycling running marathoning ultra marathon when you have endurance sports This is a problem. Mm. The pooping her pants. Mm. Why is this? So I don't know if you guys know Paula Radcliffe. Very, very famous, very famous marathoner. Mm. Um, she, she's a British distance runner and she currently holds the women's world record for marathon. And she infamously, infamously in, I think maybe the London marathon. Yeah. She was suffering some sort of GI gastrointestinal issues. Mm -hmm. I think around mile 22. Keep in mind, this is like a couple of years ago. So everything was televised. Like people, you know, their cameras following runners and she is, she's one of the fastest. Yeah. And so, so quickly, she just squatted down and pulled down her running briefs and pooped and pulled her (laughs) shorts back up and ran again. Yeah. And it was all caught on television. (laughs) Like you see her squat. So that's how you do a, that's how a pro does it. That's (laughs) not like, she does it. Right. She does it. In it's less than two seconds. Mm -hmm. Like when you watch, you can go on YouTube and watch this clip. It's like, you need to Oh, can I? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me just, let
2: me just do that. Do that. Load it right up right now.
1: And guess what? She still won. She still won that. And so it is. So that's,
2: so that, so that does make sense. It's like, look, if you, if you think you have to poop, you might as well just like, just go, you know, just, just, no, I mean, not just go, but like stop. (laughs) Because it's like, it's like two seconds of embarrassment versus like,
1: Now you're going to carry it around. (laughs) For
2: the whole run? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: In a 2008 study of of almost uh, 1300 runners found that at least 45% complained that there are GI issues related to mm. you know during the race huh. and it's the, the GI tract is really sensitive to stress and running mm. and anticipation the anxiety uh it's really mm. stressful and also I mean when you run your intestines your they jostles. get yeah they yeah. jostle and all the blood mm. in your body is being rerouted to your vital organs or to your muscles from your legs So the balance of your body is kind of Mm. off. And so your GI tract will act up. You know, there's also dehydration, a bunch of these factors working against you as you're doing endurance sports. And a lot of people will want to poop. However, there is... A hypothesis. It's a theory. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, probably not. But this is, uh, and of course, music lovers and concert goers probably are are know this phenomenon. It's called the brown note.
3: <laughs>
2: and
1: what? The theory is, this is true. This, this, is, not true. this, this is not true. Can't true. possibly. I've heard, I've heard this. but This yeah. is not. The theory <laughs> is the theory of the brown note. What is it? Is that there is some sort of frequency. <laughs> that once it matches the natural oh, frequency yeah. of your, you know, intestines mm-hmm. or of your body, yeah. then you have resonance and <laughs> you will lose control of your muscles <laughs> and poop will come out
4: it's like an opera singer who like can shatter a glass because yes, they're yeah, not exactly. So I was like exactly they can, exactly. They can like match that. the note that opens yep. like shatters and your a lot of
1: <laughs> there's theory that because you're running at a regular pace somehow maybe sometimes it will mm-hmm. match the natural frequency and resonate mm. and you know hmm. you lose control of Chris yeah they did test this on Mythbusters the brown hmm. note more of like a, in a concert <laughs> angle like you know, uh-huh. uh, so they had like people surrounded by <laughs> different tried different notes yeah. different, yeah. different frequencies on the street. it didn't happen it's like, it's
3: like <laughs> <laughs> crossed it off the list yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: they, like, they look at their butts uh, <laughs> to <you> if anything <laughs> anything no no
1: all right next frequency
2: this is gonna be good
1: like, <laughs> 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 I really
2: one. thought it was going to be that one.
1: <laughs> they did not find a brown note okay. in their experiment.
3: I can I can assure you that if there were such a thing as a brown note, the nation's teenage boys would be playing it at large but high volume in every neighborhood around the country just just for
2: kicks. So there you go. Cool story, bro.
1: <laughs> it's scientific. It does happen. It does happen. Yeah. yeah, but it's probably not related to the mysterious brown. I don't know, or be yeah. elusive no. I mean, no, no. it's, no. it's no. mostly most likely just due to intense stress Dude. to your body <laughs> I mean like okay. also like famous runner's runs tour rinse. well tour de France <laughs> tour de France cycle <laughs> they sometimes just have uh, to go you
3: when yeah. you're you know, on the move in a race it's yep yeah, you got to keep or moving. Or triathletes mm-hmm. they
1: just pee in the water like I mean well, what are you supposed to do like you can't. What I like about this I podcast,
2: wait a minute I'm not yeah. a triathlete and I pee in the water so <laughs> don't swim with Chris. I
1: mean, that's, just, <laughs> that's
2: just normal. Technically behavior. if you're
1: out in open waters you're swimming with like fish pee and poo all the time. Yeah
2: yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah I'm just adding to the vibrant ecosystem.
1: <laughs>
4: oh what I like about this podcast is we're not afraid to take on the
3: Well, I have absolutely no idea how to follow that up. So let me ask you guys a question
4: here. Awkward. I feel like we've shared so much. We shared so
1: much already.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I'll I'll take the transition from uh, peeing in the water. How about that? I'll find find a way to. I'll force a segue here. All right. What would you say if I told you guys that? In order to graduate from college, Mm -hmm. you had to be able to swim 50 yards in under a minute, and then tread water continuously for five minutes.
1: Is that like a like a fitness
3: test? Yeah this this is not some requirement from a hundred years ago or anything like Uh this is today. Mm -hmm. Whoa! At Washington and Lee University in Virginia, they are one of many schools that still have swimming requirements for students. I
1: like it. I had
3: not heard of these swimming requirements. I was just talking with my mom over Thanksgiving, and she mentioned that when she was at the University of Washington, she had to pass a swim test for graduation. Hmm. And we got to talking, and it interested me enough that I did a little bit of research. There was at one time, as, as late as the 1970s, almost half of the colleges and universities in America had some sort of swimming requirement. Really? To graduate. Yes. And this is so fascinating. Yeah. There are not that many left today. But here are samples of some of the requirements. At Cornell, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to swim three lengths in the pool, uh, at least one on the front and one on the back. Uh, At MIT, you have to swim 100 yards. Uh At Bryn Mawr. You have to swim continuously for 10 minutes. That's a lot. Float on your back for one minute. Okay, okay. And then tread water for one minute. All okay. right. Uh, and, you know, these go on and on. Some schools have uh, time restrictions. Some don't. Uh, as, if, as if showing up at, a, at school for, as a freshman is not stressful enough. Yeah. And, and getting into a swimsuit. And fraught yeah. with enough potential for embarrassment. Yeah, I want you to imagine you show up as a freshman. You've got to get in a swimsuit, <laughs> line up, and then exhibit your swimming prowess or lack of prowess. Palace in front of your fellow incoming students. So what if you go to college and you don't know how to swim? So these schools that, that have the requirements, yeah. if you if you cannot pass the freshman incoming swimming test, yeah. or you just say, I am not a swimmer, I'm going to drown if you put me in there, mm. you must take a swimming class. At schools that have these requirements, there are often local legends about where did this come from? Mm. And yeah. you know one of the most common ones is, oh, there's a wealthy benefactor. <laughs> and as a condition of a donation, you know, he or yeah. she required that all- students take a swimming test because they had a son that drowned tragically and they want to ensure this never happens again. This is actually similar to the story that's told at Harvard. At Harvard, it is told that there's a woman who is a widow due to the Titanic, and she wanted to ensure hmm. as a condition of her contribution for the Harry Elkins-Widner Library that they establish a freshman swimming test. You have to
4: swim in ice-cold water.
3: Throw them into iceberg-laden right. water and then see how they do I particularly like the uh, orange origin- the story told uh, at Columbia apparently one story is told that the swimming test dates back to a requirement that students could swim across the Hudson to New Jersey in the event of an attack. And this, <laughs> that, this that I believe, you, yeah. you really you believe yeah. that, really? Yeah. What is interesting is no one is a hundred percent, hundred percent sure why schools started administering uh, or yeah. started requiring swim tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems <clears> to date <throat> back to shortly after World War One, though, and it is true that after World War One the Red Cross was really making a big push to increase swimming abilities. I mean, it, tragically, there are stories that a lot of soldiers died. They couldn't, they drowned by not mm. being able to reach shore, you mm. know, especially with equipment on, you know, mm. in a landing. But it really seems to have come about between World War One and World War Two as kind of just a general public safety measure. I, I,
1: I believe it. Like, I think it it's seems weird like there's for like people this, our, yeah. our generation yeah. who still don't know how to swim. Just in case, like, that's a skill I want yeah. to have. Mm-hmm.
4: It seems like there's a cultural bias though. Like, if you weren't raised in a place near water, or you didn't yeah. have access to pools all the time, now you have to learn how to swim as an adult, mm-hmm. and, like, you're not going to graduate from college if you can't figure it out, or you don't want to. Like, right.
3: Well, at least they're willing they, to give you the, the, the instruction to learn how.
4: Yeah. But, but if you're like, I don't want to. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Yep. Well, yeah. hey, then, then don't go to that school. <laughs> yeah.
4: Do they actually fail people if they don't pass, though?
2: Like, you don't get your diploma if you yes, do diploma? Yes. I'm sure they. I'm sure they work with you quite a bit if it seems like you're not going to get your diploma because of the Swim.
3: There is one funny anecdote I came across in a couple places. A uh, very well-known successful PhD from Columbia who was denied his diploma apparently. Really? And he wrote in 60 years later saying basically, hey, I've learned how to swim in the meantime. Can I have my diploma? Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> and they did officially. Hey, you don't work. get uh-huh.
1: diplomas if you don't return library books like me. Mm.
3: You didn't get your I diploma? I didn't get my diploma. I remember well, that. That's right. They would hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, But you still
1: it. graduated. I still graduated. Yeah. I just didn't get mm. a paper. Oh. Boys. thing I did. I was like, whatever.
3: Joke's on that. I
1: lost
4: the book. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want from me? Money? No? Oh, oh, I guess you do. <laughs> guess you do.
1: <laughs> All right. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening. And hope you learned a lot about fitness and pooping your pants and oh, Jack LaLanne and celebrity endorsements and uh, basketball and uh, various other sport brands. Um, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Join us on Twitter at GoodJobBrain or on Facebook slash GoodJobBrain, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.